You are listening to the Head Hunting Housewives podcast with Diane O'Brien, episode number 21. Good morning, Head Hunting Housewives. It's your recruiter, Diane O'Brien. It is early on Friday morning. Happy Friday. I think it's everyone's favorite day of the work week. Um, so I'm so happy to be here this Friday, especially in these January months or when it's February, March, I feel like in winter first quarter is a very busy season, as you know, hiring season. And so every Friday I feel like weeks have gone by instead of one week, it gets so busy, but it feels such a sense of accomplishment. So to all you recruiters out there and headhunters, you know, congratulations on what you're doing and finding people better jobs, making better money. You're the real kind of change agents out there, I think, shifting things up. And especially here in 2020, finally, I think there's more women in the workforce than ever. I think we've actually tipped the scales now. If I was listening correctly on NPR, um, there's more women out there now in corporate than even men. So um, I really think that we're going to be able to change the world. It sounds crazy, but that's kind of what we can do as recruiters because you're hiring people and you're in control of the purse strings a little bit and the culture. So it's pretty exciting time to be a recruiter. So celebrate that on Fridays. (laughs) You worked hard. I know that uh, you often have an inkling you want to keep on working, you know, every day because you love it and enjoy it. And I get that, but make sure you have all those boundaries. Um, And I'll do a whole podcast on boundaries because I think that's part of that mental mindset of success and how you uh, really balance to have a really happy life because the whole point of this recruiting gig is to lead a really high quality life, right? And so you want to make sure you're enjoying it every step of the way. So on that note, this topic is on better clients. And if I have time, I'll talk about getting better candidates as well, because both are important. And I think earlier this week or last week, I I did a podcast about finding clients or finding candidates, finding candidates. So that's simply just the basics. You know, when I'm teaching you how to go out there and get on the LinkedIn's or Indeed's and how you go about finding the candidates um, as well as the clients on there, all the tactical stuff, right? And of course, we'll dive deeper in that uh, in mentorship programs through headhuntinghousewives.com if you want to check that out, if you want to go deeper in those things. But today, or early this morning here, I want to speak to you about finding better clients and better candidates. And how you do that is really, it's going to be the little details that you look at early on in the relationship and early on as you're setting the stage, Um, early on if it's contract negotiations with the client or when it comes to scheduling with a candidate, it's really all of those details to figure out someone's personality, maybe their integrity, how true they are to their word, how they treat you, all the little things that I believe you can really get a a true sense of who that person is. Because at the end of the day, you could be dealing with a huge Fortune 100 company, a Fortune 10 company. You could be dealing with GE Healthcare or um, Siemens if you're in the healthcare side or Chubb Insurance, you know, these large companies as your client. But one person is going to be the other side of the phone that's your client, right? So even though these big companies have these big names, and I know when I was younger, it was scarier when I would go into contracts with these guys. But I quickly realized at the end of the day, I'm on the phone with that one other person, whether they have, you know, Joe Schmo startup company where they don't have any kind of background or clout. Or if it's Mr. CEO of a large company um, that has a lot of clout and it brings a little fear when I was young, you know, young sales girl or young recruiter with, whoa, who am I dealing with, right? 
But at the end of the day, again, it's just about that person. So leave all the other fluff aside and just focus on being who you are and what you do and then who they are. And I'll give some examples to this, you know, which I start with the, the I'll start with the client side. Cause I feel like whenever I put anything on clients, that's when most of you really want to listen to that part. And I'll, I'll talk to the candidate side too, cause that's just as important. So for the client from day one, when they reach out to you, you're going to look about how they are reaching out to you. So that can come through your website. If it's a lead where maybe they're emailing you, um, or maybe they're getting on a mailing list from the website, but that first, let's say email, um, if they found, find you, or for me a lot, it's through LinkedIn, where they'll find me on LinkedIn and just do a quick email, and you want to see how they're reaching out. So obviously, if I have clients, I don't want to say obviously, but if I have a client reach out to me and sent me a book on the first intro, intro meaning on their little LinkedIn or on a text or email, however they found me, if it's like a five-paragraph thing, that's not the client for me. Now, again, please, no one, you know, I don't want to offend anybody here because there's a lot of five paragraph people. I used to be a five paragraph person back in the day. So, you know, I'm almost, you know, talking about what not to do because I used to learn um, what's, what, you know, is easier. And so anyway, at this stage of the game, um, you know, for me, I can't take on, you know, I like little bits and chunks to learn about someone new, little bite-sized pieces, right? If someone sends me a whole paragraph or details of things, and usually it's all about them. Okay. That's another tip off. <laughs> if they're emailing about, oh, this is who I am. This is what I need. This is what I'm looking for. Blah, blah, blah. Before they even say, hi, Diane, nice to meet you. They're not the client for me. Okay. And, and, and again, there's just a lot you can read into that. So that's number one. So if I get someone that reaches out to me, that's kind of short and sweet, like, hi, I saw your background, would love to have an intro call or intro meet. Um, and usually nowadays there's a call. In the old days, I would do coffee. I don't really have time for that as much anymore. You can still do coffee if the person looks like a really good client. Um, but now, even if they offer for plane tickets to go meet them out in California or in Detroit, you know, I'm here in Philly, I'll do a Zoom call and we'll talk about Zoom as tools of the trade for you to get that face-to-face time because that will be important. I mean, you want that eyeball to eyeball to eye up someone, size somebody up if you're going to go into business and, and work with them for the next, you know, months or three months, four months of your life. Um, so anyway, it's going to be, again, how they come across, make sure it's, you know, to your, your liking. And again, I'm giving all this information. Maybe you are the five paragraph person. And then when you get that, that kind of client, it's a match for you. So I'm telling you only my experience and what works for me so I can lead a happy, <laughs> balanced life, right? And my clients are a big, a big part of that. So again, back to you wanting to love your clients, like I've mentioned in other podcasts, that start out from the beginning. Is it going to be a fit? It's like back when you were dating. If it's right away, not good chemistry, don't try to make it work. Don't try to fit a square peg in a round hole. It just never is comfortable and it's harder than it needs to be. Find the round peg, go in the round hole, and then it's easy, it's fun, and it's the way it should feel. <laughs> um, so with a client, after you know you have that first intro, and yeah, you'll have that first little maybe talk, right? Also keep that simple. If it's on the phone, it might be 20, 30 minutes. Even for a Zoom call, I try to keep a video, live video call, um, you know, 30 minutes. Now, what you'll find is, and what I have found, if it's going to be a good fit, sometimes it does go a little longer because you're really enjoying the phone call and you're talking and time's going by quickly and you look up and wow, your half hour time slot or 45 minute time slot is gone. Um, if that happens, you're looking forward to the next call, that's a good sign, Right. And during that call as well, how, how that goes, the conversation back and forth, if it's very one-sided, you know, if it's just too heavy on what the client's wanting and needing from you and, um, 
you know, and how they're coming across and health, that's the most important thing. Or in talking about their culture, and, you know, you want to find out their culture because how they're going to treat and think about employees is how they're going to treat and think about you. So you want someone that has, at least for me, that wants to create the better culture is the most important part before the money they're going to pay. Um, and it's about the exact details of the personality, the kind of person discussing their leadership team and what that's like. Um, and that's probably why I gravitate a lot of times to startups, even though, you know, most of my early career with, with for, was with Fortune 100s. Um, but even within those Fortune 100s, the clients I took on, the actual hiring manager or the VP or whoever it was, was kind of the cool, fun, layback person I enjoyed working with. So again, it's probably a fit to your personality type. I've never really hired in, you know, there are certain industries that I've hired in actually, I was never hired accounting or finance or engineering, but that's not true. I have, (laughs) but often I um, don't click as much with certain departments or certain, um, you know, people that are maybe really detail focused more than the higher level visionary, more the, you know, I don't really click as much with the detail, um, uh, you know, fine print if it's legal. Like I remember I hired in the legal profession for a while lawyers and you know, I don't like reading contrast. I don't like that level of detail. I like a little bit more of a, you know, a more broad brush kind of girl than little tiny paint by numbers. <laughs> so I look for clients that kind of fit that with me. So whatever that is for you, I'm not saying you have to follow what I'm saying. I'm just saying figure out what that is for you and then find the client that matches you. If you are that detailed and then, you know, that, and then you like a very strict workplace and you separate maybe your fun from business. And I don't know if figure out what it is for you and then find the client that you're in simpatico, right? That works perfectly. So by doing all this, you know, you're going to find the better clients for you because again, it's going to match and it's not going to feel like work. So, you know, there's a million of these tips that I can go into. Um, I'm trying to think some of the other ones offhand, the little things I look for, you know, in scheduling your time, even like for a client, like I, um, right now I'm talking to somebody where early on, you know, before the contract is even signed, you're scheduling time to talk. So how are they, you know, reaching out to you and want to talk that day? Is it like a sense of urgency that's so fast, like, you know, stressing you out or are they, um, you know, coming off in a way that, okay, this ha- call has to be by tomorrow or if not, I'm not going to be able for two weeks or, you know, things like that. I've had, you know, potential clients I didn't make my clients come across that way. And, you know, this is what I say. We're in the business. We're in recruiting, right? We're in hiring people. It's an amazing career. It's a fun career. We're not doctors. Uh, we're not rocket scientists. There's no life or death happening here. So I don't really see, you know, that there's not that urgency in those kind of things. Yes, there's, of course, a sense of urgency when you have an opening and they want to hire. Yeah, you want they want to hire quickly. So, yeah, of course, there's that. But there's not that life and death stuff that needs to ever stress anyone out in this business. Again, I didn't go to school to be a doctor or a lawyer where people might go to jail or die on my table. I'm getting them a job. And that's how you have to look at this. So just don't don't stress. And if you have a client that is stressing you, don't take them on, no matter what they're offering, okay? So that's kind of the best tips I can give there, I guess, for, for better um, clients to start with. And then I can get into little red flags early on again. And then how you deal with that. Sometimes you take on a client where it's all roses, you sign the contract and you're working with them and then it's not rosy anymore. (laughs) And you wonder, where did the person go that was pursuing me to take on this contract? Um, And so then you have, you know, I'll make that another call because you have to kind of push through and get the job done. And there's where boundaries, in fact, that's where my other... um, 
Uh, that's why I should do my next podcast is going to be on boundaries with clients or candidates because that's where especially your boundaries are important because as much as you have the need to want to serve your client, and I know that's in all of us that are in sales or recruiting, if you know we're in this kind of service line of business on the, on the corporate side, um, you know, you have that need to serve and to, you know, to get the job done. And that's great. And you will, but set boundaries on your time. So it's not bleeding into your family time or bleeding into your sleep time. Or if you like to do yoga or run in the morning, keep those boundaries on your life. Again, you're only doing this job to create a better life. So at any point you see the job slipping in and pulling away from dinners with family, you know, with your vacation schedule, um, walk time with the dog, if you do yoga during the day, that's an issue because then you're you're kind of spiraling out of control. And um, and I'll speak more to obviously, there are times you might spiral a little bit, but the better you get, the older and wiser you get, the less and less that'll happen to where there is no spiral down. You're only moving on a straight line up and that's where you want to get and that's where better clients will get you. The other clients will make you spiral <laughs> and so you don't want them in your world. Have the ones you're in line, in alignment with and, um, and you can really see the signs of that in the details of the conversation right through the contract and then all through placing the person. And here's the other thing. This is where you also get better at figuring out who your long-term clients are going to be. You know, I've had clients I've had with me since the beginning for almost 20 years. And then I have a one-time client, one and done, and then that's that, right? And you can choose. So the nice thing about the contract world, unlike maybe other things in life, if you have family or marriages or friends, you can choose your friends, but you can't always choose maybe certain parts of your family. And, and luckily, I have a great family, um, but there's always that one, right? <laughs> and maybe they're married in perhaps. But you know, you can't choose those people and you have to be in their lives forever. But in business, you can say bye-bye. <laughs> you know, after you make the placement, after you do your job, you can't do it before because you have to, you know, finish the job. But then when they come to you for number two, number three, you just, you don't have time for that. You don't. So, so that's a beautiful thing about business, right? Um, so let me talk to this. How much time do I got here? So, okay, that's a little bit on the client side. Let me speak to you now a little bit about the candidate side and finding better candidates and things, again, behind the scenes to look for. So this has recently happened to me. So what you want to do um, when you're looking for candidates, you know, it starts out, you're going to be on the job boards. You might have put some postings out there. Uh, you're going to have resumes coming into you like crazy um, on the LinkedIn. Um, if you're um, just communicating to people, a lot of people will hear about what you're recruiting for. You'll be getting referrals. You'll be getting pinged on little, it's like the text messaging chat on LinkedIn coming up on your sidebar. Who do you get back to first, right? So this was something, this is important, I think, because this is where I believe that there's something else at play out in the world when you're doing your job, especially in recruiting, when you're matchmaking in corporate America, that there's something that's out there in the ether. I don't know how it works, but something brings a certain person to you, just like something brings a certain client to you. And you're the matchmaker in the middle, like I've talked about. And so, you know, there's a lot of power in that and you have to, it doesn't all come from you, obviously, <laughs> um, because there's a whole world out there that you're, you know, you're working in that's helping you. So you have to be open and kind of have a keen eye to that help. And what I'm saying is if you have a hundred resumes flooding in, the first thing you're going to do, right, you're going to start going through the resumes. And so 
you know, I like to do that part of my job with a glass of wine sometimes at night, you know, in the evening if I'm even sitting with my family, they could be watching TV, I have the laptop on my lap, but you're just kind of flowing through the resumes because that's the kind of the over, I don't want to say the word overwhelming, I don't like, but that's the part of the job, at least for me, that I don't like to screening through resumes, right? I like talking to people, the right people. Um, but part of the job of a recruiter at any level, you could be hiring at the very bottom level to the top level, you're going to be looking at resumes. Um, luckily, at the top level, there's a few fewer resumes. But anyway, so you're going through resumes and, um, you know, at first, you're just gonna, the ones that will pop out to you might be, um, you know, you're looking for that experience. So right away, you're looking that there's not a lot of job hops on the dates and the resumes. Maybe, maybe a college pops out to you because it's the college you went to. Or if you're smarter, maybe it's the college that your client went to because <laughs> they love that, right? So you're looking for certain things that are going to pop out. If your client maybe was, you know, into baseball, they're going to love a baseball coach on the background, right? Um, so you're going to be looking for details that maybe not other lesser recruiters are looking for separate from the, from the job. It's, you know, or the actual details itself of what they've done. Now, the most important thing will be that they have the experience that you're wanting, obviously. And even as I say that, that's not hundred percent true. You'll, it's not the most important thing. You'll want the experience, but the most important thing is really the character behind it and what they've done, how long they've stayed at jobs, um, what they did through school, what they do on their, on their side time. So you're looking for all those little details in their resume versus just, this is what I did when and where. And in sales and recruiting, for instance, um, you know, you would look for things like to show that drive and that passion. Now, other positions, you might not need that as much. Um, but those are the things that you're looking for, right? That's what's going to pop out. And those are the resumes you save. So you're not going to start calling right away. When I was a young recruiter, I made this mistake where, you know, you just want to get busy. You want to get going. You start calling people. Don't waste your time. Take a breath. Take your time. Let the resumes come in. Review the resumes. Pull out the best ones. Let the kind of, let the cream rise, as like an old CEO friend would say. You know, you want the cream of the crop. And there's a natural rising of that that you don't have to do the work for. So don't try so hard. Try a little less hard sometimes. And give time. And that's hard for us doers. You want to dive into work, work, work. Don't. Have a cup of tea. <laughs> have your glass of wine. Let the, let you know, see who's going to rise to the top and have a handful, you know, have 10, 20 that you first pull out that look worth your time for a phone call, okay? Now, I know for you recruiters out there, they're working in like sweatshops or like, you know, the old boiler room mentality. They're like, call, 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 right? But that's because they're often want you just to add people to their database. And I don't always feel like they're thinking through it for you because the same CEOs and CEOs of recruiting firms, and I've partnered with them, I even advise them, you know, they might be telling you to call, 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 but that's not what they're doing to make their money. They're taking their time in their bigger office with a view while you're in your cubicle and they're telling you how you get this, you know, head down call all day. That's not a life for anyone. So, um, so anyway, basically, um, I'm getting a little off point in my soapboxes, but I'll speak to this too, so you don't make those mistakes and who you even work for one day. So forget about, you know, clients and candidates. Who do you want to work for if you want to go work for a recruiting firm? Um, so, with the can- back to the candidates and what to look for and those little things that you really, you know, aren't in the writing, but it's all the stuff between the lines. That's going to be the first thing. Um, then you have the co- phone conversation, right? So first of all, who's calling you? Like good people that want a job, they're going to be hungry for it. So even though you might have posted, let's say on Indeed or some job board or ZipRecruiter or whatever one you're going to use out there, and we'll talk more about those later too. Um, 
you know, they can find you and call you. And the good, the good ones that are hungry for this job are going to do that. So even as you're putting your little pile of resumes together, you'll get, get you'll start getting phone calls in. And then you'll want to still discriminate on which ones you answer. But usually if someone's found me and reached out to call me on myself, I grab that. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and listen for a minute and give them a little bit um, of my time, right? You give me a five-minute phone call. So, um, and in that phone call, you'll very quickly keep it to things about them. So some, now some of the better, more experienced candidates, or maybe there's better at interviewing it, who knows, but they'll be asking you a ton of questions about the company, right? But don't, in the beginning, you're the one that holds the job very quickly. You just want to talk about them to see. And then at the end, if it's worth the time, if you think they're a fit, worth your time, then you can share about the company. But first, they, you need to find out about them because it might this might be a five-minute call and not a 10 or 20 or 30-plus-minute call. Your time is so valuable. So please remember that. And in the beginning, as you're finding out about them, um, you know, you're going to need a sense of their personality. So all the things that we were looking for between the lines in the resume, now when you're speaking to them, you're going to be looking for all those personality traits, things like what's their energy level like? How are they making you feel on the phone? Are they positive or negative, right? Um, are they funny and relaxed or not? And and again, I know if I'm speaking to other people out there that are hiring in different industries, I'm just speaking to my experience and what has worked for me in growing my business. Um, I'm guessing in other industries, maybe you don't you could care less about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so because in every industry I've hired, I'm still looking for those traits and it has been legal and finance and IT. And granted, it's a little bit different if I'm, you know, you're hiring an IT tech person, their personalities but are very different, but there you're looking for still um you know, still it comes through someone's character, integrity, honesty, trustworthiness. Um, you know, so all that will stay the same no matter what. Of course, then other personality skills will shift from a salesperson to an engineer, right? So, you know, you can't get too rigid in this. You have to really understand someone's makeup. But, and they'll have assessment skills, a lot of your clients to also make sure it's not a round peg in a square hole. But that's going to be a lot of your job. So, For example, again, little details, when you get to, when you're asking them about, let's say at the end, their availability, that's something to save you time. You want to find out if you're liking them, if you're going to move them forward and you're going to ask them, you know, when are they available? And also you're going to ask them about money, but sorry, I just flipped there about money. I was talking about better uh, on the money side. So not just the scheduling, but when you get to about money, there'll be details that they'll discuss that can give you red flags or an inkling into who they are as a person. Now, I'll start with scheduling. Sometimes money will come later um, for you guys starting out. But I like to start with that personally at this stage of the game is get right to it. But for the scheduling, um, if you if they, if they you ask them when they're available, you may need to be finding out when they're available for phone um, as well as face-to-face interviews, right? And this is usually true through, you know, all your years of recruiting from beginning to end. So they'll give you some times of when they're available. And um, some people are very rigid where like there's only a certain amount of times here and there. Or they're in the calendar next week. And some are very flexible. Again, for me, I look at that for signs, flexibility, because I think that's going to be a trait maybe in any job, <laughs> going for a company, just in life. Um, and But even if they don't have, you know, if they might not say any time, because obviously they have jobs, but they might say, you know, between the lunch hour, if they can do after five, you know, for a job, you think they might take that time. <clears throat> um, and you just, you just get a sense for that, okay, even if they, if they, have, even if they have a tight schedule. Now, when it comes to face-to-face, you might say the same thing. They'll be like, oh, I'm available. You know, I can be any day this week at 2 p.m. Or, 
or they'll say, you know, even later this week, and they might, and if it's a Wednesday, let's say you're like, well, if they want you to come in tomorrow um, at two o'clock, so you can do that if I give you notice tonight, and let's say they say yes, right? And then you set it up. And, and again, rarely are you doing it that quick. Only like I hire teams sometimes with people where I move really quick with, with clients. But usually you're looking at the next week. Things usually move week to week. But if you're doing a team really quick for a client, things will move that fast. And so if you then, yes, lock that person in for that time, 2 o'clock tomorrow, and you circle back to them to say, hey, I got you in at 2 o'clock tomorrow. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> um, that's a red flag, right? Because um, now, if there's a miscommunication and they're like, oh, I thought you meant next Thursday, but if you said tomorrow, you know, if you're saying, if you're being very clear in availability and then it shifts, be careful of that because um, you want someone that's just true to their word and not that they might not even realize not, they're not being that, but if they're telling you when they're available and then they can't make that. And again, there's always exceptions. I don't want to get too detailed here, but these, again, are just the little nuances I look for. Um, and then like for, you know, when they go to meet the person, driving directions and taking resumes and and how they come dressed, like all the things that a lot of times recruiter, good recruiters will coach people on, um, the naturals out there that have kind of figured this out and people who went for the job will already be asking you those questions. They'll be calling you for a little bit of coaching and prep versus waiting for you to call and say, hey, I, you have an interview tomorrow. Do you want to discuss anything? They'll be asking you maybe what are the hot buttons of the manager they're going to meet? You know, maybe where they go to school or what do they like or what's their team like or, you know, what questions should I be asking? I mean, you're going to be seeking out as recruiters the people that are going for it on their own. That's the part of this part where I'm talking about naturally the cream will rise to the top and you don't have to, you don't want to force that, right? I mean, and as a recruiter, you might feel that, oh, you really, you know, you want to make placements and I get that. And sometimes you've, you're almost incented by your firms to try to push that square peg around a hole, but it's just a waste of time. And even if you get it to the finish line and get that person the job, if they leave in three months because it wasn't a fit, guess what? You don't get paid, right? We have guarantees of in this in this business and your contracts, clients want to make sure you're helping them find the right person. Um, I mean, some things it's only like a 30-day guarantee. It can go up to six months or some companies do a year. But anyway, there's a lot of variables in that too we'll talk about because that's, you know, it's not all on you. That's a lot on the company and there's different things. It could be the candidate or it could be a toxic environment that you didn't know about. So, so that's a whole different conversation. But in finding the better candidates to keep into this topic, um, you know, those are the things you're going to look for. And then through the interview process, right? So as now, you know, you already have your client, but now you're talking to all these candidates. As you go through step by step, week to week, you'll it's gonna you'll see more who they are, right? It just they can't they can't help themselves. Us people or us humans, we're gonna divulge who we are. We might come across one way on the intro call, and then other stuff comes out later on follow up calls. People do get more comfortable, which is what you want to have happen because you want to see who they really are and how they're talking. And there'll be lots of red flags that come out during those casual conversations. Not that you don't want them to have casual conversations, but it's going to be true to who they are and their character and how they hold themselves. And those, again, are all the details, whether you're looking for a lower level, I think, or especially at the top level. It's all the stuff that's not in the resume um, that makes a good recruiter. It's all the things that aren't, not the words that are said, but the things in between the words that'll help you figure out the right people. Um, and of course, the words and the writing is important as far as just filling the job, but there's a hundred people out there that probably have the right, you know, the, that fit the job description that the resume matches, but how do you as a recruiter figure out the right person for the job? And that's where you have to follow your intuition, your gut, 
your emotional IQ, like I talked about, and um, and listen to them. They'll tell you <laughs> when you ask them certain questions. They, you know, that's when you have the right questions too, and that's a whole other topic. But by asking them good questions, um, listen to what they're saying, really, you know, and go deeper with the questions, and you'll figure that out. So um, I'm going to stop this one um, on that because again, it's, there's so much info on how you find not just great. Um, clients and candidates and then now getting better ones and also how you maintain that. We'll do other podcasts to help your recruiters really, um, you know, ramp up a lot faster than even I did in my, my career. A lot of these lessons I learned maybe the past five, 10 years. Um, but, you know, I've been recruiting for 20. So if you can learn this in year one, two, three, you'll shoot up so much faster, you know, and grow so much quicker, which is what I want for you. So, Hopefully this podcast is helping. Again, if you want more info, sign up over at headhuntinghousewives.com. It's free. It'll get you on my list because we are going to be running weekly calls to help you all mentoring. And I'm putting together a nice program for 2Q um, to even go deeper for I know your entrepreneurs out there. But just for the recruiting help, um, email me once you get on my list and, um, and we'll go from there. Otherwise, just keep enjoying this podcast. I did one every day, I think, this week. So I'm proud of myself. I was doing it not on the regular like that. I was getting at least once a week out when I started this. But uh, here in the new year, I know um, that this could be helpful to get your mind in the right mindset, A. And then B, you just want the information to get the tactical stuff so you can get at your desk and get to work. So I hope it's helping you on both fronts. And, uh, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Have a great, great Friday. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come join us over at headhuntinghousewives.com. It is completely free to join and we offer lots of great advice, support, and even a little inspiration. So please come join us at headhuntinghousewives.com. That is housewives with a V.com. And yes, this still is for you men as well. Hope to see y'all there.